I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting the nice worst microphones. Trade of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon, what happened? <laughs> Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. And I came to realize. These guys are funny. And Justin Fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football. This guy, okay, and folks, is a fidget spinner. Some of the best gamblers I've come to know. If you're betting on USC and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. Now, I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Now, Casey, run that track. All right, welcome to Boxed Lunch. I am Trace Fowler. For those of you that are just joining in, we had record numbers on Friday. I was not here for uh, personal reasons, but I do have some thoughts from last Friday that was conversated about within this room. We also have some things that obviously happened this weekend that we're going to get to. You can see the list, the rundown, if you will. Reed has come up with the term schmoin flip, which, you know, again, I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure exactly what, uh, what that all entails, but they are here to explain themselves. We have Reed, Paul, and his TCU gear, which is uh, cute. I'll leave it at that. And then uh, over here on the right, Seho and McAllister, because I'm going to say your name correctly guys trace georgia minus 12 and a half let's rock <laughs> paulie i love that you're wearing the tcu gear and you're are you are you are you gonna go with the dogs tonight or i'm, you... I'm already locked in <laughs> <laughs> i'm already in i locked in yesterday before I'm, it moved i'm already i also locked in before it moved 12 and a half baby let's go <laughs> let's rock and roll let's get it rolling yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, Tom's obviously, uh, he's all in on TCU, very much so. His daughter goes there. He, he started getting on that. You want to talk about front runner bandwagon. I tell you this right now. If TCU were to have finished seventh in their conference, in their league, like they were voted to do before the season started, I don't think TCU would have been brought up inside these rooms or these halls of this building, hardly at all. But that's near uh, here nor there, I think, is the term that they use. Seho was at the game yesterday, the Bengals game. We're going to get to that. And then, obviously, McAllister. Is that actually, obviously, how you say your name before I keep butchering it? Yeah, McAllister. McAllister. Okay. There is an O there. I don't know where the A would come from if you're doing McAllister, which is not a bad place for lunch from time to time. So, fellas, here's my thing on the coin flip. We got into this on Friday a little bit. Uh, it, it seems as if it doesn't matter now, but I would argue that I still have a small issue with the whole situation. I'm not going to go back into the whole, you know, minute details of this because obviously that has passed to a certain extent. But I do think that it was ridiculous, utterly ridiculous, quite frankly, that the NFL had these rules and regulations put in that weren't in place beforehand, did a vote, which the vote felt very much like a formality before they even casted it as a vote. Because let's be honest, outside of three teams, the rest of the league probably could care less about this situation. Maybe you could say the Ravens, so we'll say four. So four out of the 30-plus franchises could care less about this situation. They're just going to vote what everyone else 
seems to be wanting to vote or whatever's easiest for the league. So that's what happened. It voted passed. And the problem was with the coin flip in and of itself, right? I mean, here's where I still think it matters. That game, like it or not, with the unfortunate circumstance that happened, Bills v. Bengals has so much implications on this playoffs that it doesn't even, quite frankly, and I'm not saying it's a wash, cancel the season, this is a, you know, a tainted championship for whoever wins. I'm not going to go that far, but I am going to say that it was a huge, huge deal. And it almost feels like we skipped over, like, the middle innings of a baseball game, perhaps, and we're just acting like, well, we'll play the, we'll play basically the first three innings and the last three innings, and we'll just, we'll call it good. The problem I have is that the Bills are slotted to be the two seed now, and the Bengals obviously the three. When the Bengals had the the destiny of their own fate sitting right in front of them, and I'm not going to sit here and complain about the the coin toss as as if, you know, it's everything, but I do think that there should be at least a neutral site game if they, if those two were to, to meet. Now, I know that you've dubbed this as the Schmoin flip, so maybe the Bengals fans, and I heard your plea on Friday of saying we shouldn't care about this anymore. Who cares? We're ready to move on. And I think the players have done that, which is all that really matters, and the coaches have done that, which is all that really matters. But it begs the question, and maybe you guys can eloquently tell me why, between the four of you, somebody give me a good reason as to why that game, the Bills and the Bengals, if they were to meet, in the second round, why that game is not in a neutral site field. Who wants to go first? Well, it's probably because the the Bills won one more game than yeah, they have, they have the a better Bills record. won one more game. They have a better record. They played Sim- the same amount of games and they won one more game. Simple as that. I think it's that simple. And I think the the whole coin flip thing started started to get under the Bengals' skin, Bengals fans' skin, simply because when. We talked last Wednesday about what the NFL was going to do following the Bills-Bengals um, game that wasn't going to get to be played. And I think we all thought it was just going to be chalked up as a no contest, which I think as Bengals fans, we were all okay with. I think we already conceded that you know, something crazy happened. It's a no contest. We move on from there. Where it started to rear its ugly head is where they implemented this rule that if the Bengals lost— to the Ravens, then a coin flip would just define that home game. So they added a rule. If they wouldn't have installed that, then the, oh, what about the Bills game? What about if we play the Chiefs? All of that would have never reared its ugly head if they wouldn't have made this circumstance for the Ravens. That being said, it's all a moot point because the Chiefs won, the Bills won, the Bengals won, so it's all slated one, two, and three. And the reason that we're not getting a, a home playoff game or a neutral site is because they have a better record than us. Are we just going to act like that game just never happened, I guess? Is that theoretically what we're supposed to do? Are we not supposed to act Correct. like the game started off, you went right down the field, scored a touchdown, held them to three points, marched right down the field again? No, There's no doubt that the Bengals look good, but there are still 50 minutes to play. The Bengals looked like they were going to beat the, the Pat, Patriots by 46 the week before, and they ended up winning by four. There's, a, there's 50... 50 See, minutes I, still to play. I understand what you're trying to do, Reed. I, I really do. And I almost agree with you. Like, I, I get it. Let's just go on, move on, kick everyone's ass. I get that. But it's the fact that the league made the rule and didn't apply it to everyone else. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's was the, all, that was the that's point that all, I was saying. Is if they didn't make this Ravens rule, 
then we wouldn't be caring about the Bills game. We wouldn't be, care, right. be, be caring about where we're playing the Bills game. It's just the fact that they threw in this Ravens rule that has reared its ugly head, and now we're like, wait a minute, why isn't this equal across all platforms? That being said, everyone won. It doesn't matter. We're back to square one, which is but, that the, the game was a no contest. The, the, the Bills are the two. We're the three. The Chiefs are the one, which I think is where we're all I, going. And to think that the, the Bengals have moved past this clearly isn't the case because Joe Mixon flipped a coin in the end zone that just keeps it keeps rearing its ugly head when it shouldn't. Well, here's my counterpoint to that, is that if you're the Bengals, then at that point, if you had fair and, equity, fair and equitable rules from the start, you would have not had to play your starters throughout the rest of that game yesterday. They would have sat all of their guys at halftime. And I'm not here to forecast what could have, couldn't have happened. But I'd say you're much healthier today than you would have been if the coin flip wasn't instituted. Their only reason that, that the starters were in the second half of that football game yesterday was largely because they wanted to make sure they were going to win that game. And the Ravens, give them credit, kept it just close enough throughout that football game that it felt like they had to keep those guys in there. The other part of it is like the Ravens, they just forfeited the right, obviously, to try to get the home field coin flip. Yeah, you know, they, they just decided it's better better chance. First of all, if we win this game, still not 100% guarantee, 50-50 chance we even get a home playoff game. And then on top of that, we don't even have, obviously, our starters. Like, we don't have our, our first or second string quarterback. So they got the best of both worlds. And the Bengals, in my opinion, got the worst of it all. And I'm not here to try to make excuses for them, and I'm not here to say that they can't go on and win a, win a championship. But I've said this time and time again, it, it has felt like the Bengals have been in a situation where they have not had an opportunity to take any kind of break or have any kind of rest, where the rest of the league, to a certain extent, has had that. Yeah, they got, they got a rest for not playing the entire Monday Night game, and that's essentially a bye week. They play 10 minutes of, of hard football. So that's the bye week. And then secondly, I'm, I'm not going to continue and, and talk about it. My, my, my point's been made about that – if you worry about what the circumstances that you find yourself in, then that's a loser mentality. You just go out and win the game. And so I'm not going to worry about the fact that we had to play starters for an entire half. Is it, is it fair? Probably not. Or for an entire game, but is it fair? Probably not. But so be it. Just yeah. go win the games. Don't be a loser and worry about what, what's happening to you. Just go out and make bestow your will upon other teams. That's fair. There's obviously a uh, uh, Nitty B more, which is obviously a Baltimore fan. has been in the chat. I'm not a Bengals fan. I'm just laying out the facts of what I see from an outsider's perspective. And in, in all honesty, Baltimore can win this football game. I think most Bengal fans, rational Bengal fans, would admit Baltimore can win this game. The only thing I would say, uh, as Bengal fans, as I've said it all along, you have Joe Burrow. And when you have Joe Burrow, you can win a Super Bowl. The problem with the Ravens are they're, they're similar to me like a Jags or like a Tennessee Titans, they're probably maybe not the Jags, but definitely the Tennessee Titans. That's who the Baltimore Ravens remind me of. It is what it is. I mean, you can make the you can make the playoffs. That's fine. But as far as actually making a run into the playoffs, it's actually thinking that you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. The thing that really ultimately everybody's trying to do, anyways. If you don't win the Super Bowl, it doesn't. I don't want to say it doesn't matter. The season doesn't matter at all. But at the end of the day, you're going to be sad. It's not going to be the ultimate accomplishment. And if you're a Baltimore fan, I do genuinely feel somewhat sorry for you because you don't know what you have at quarterback. And then on top of that. You know, you, you, you have to watch that offense every week. Like, that seems to be – I'd be mad too, you know. It seems like it would be really boring and not a lot of fun. Because I, I had one take from yesterday when I watched that game. is like, I for sure from now on have come to the agreement that if I'm going to a game that doesn't have one of the teams that I 
what I would call am a fan of. It doesn't mean I'm not going to go, but I'm not going to go in their expectation of being able to, to truly be able to see the game. Because that's the one thing that's just difficult when you're at the game. You just don't really get a chance to like right. be able to see it like you do on TV. We've talked about that before in here. But anyway, that's uh, let's let, that leads me to my, the next point, and we can get into this now. Is Lamar going to play? And that's the ultimate question. The line, which is obviously what I base a lot of things off, um, the line seems to indicate that he's going to play to me. Do you guys have any thoughts, comments, concerns about Lamar Jackson and him playing? Well, I, I mentioned it on Tom's show, but I saw contingency lines put out there that Lamar playing put the line at five and a half. It was Tyler Huntley. It was, I think, seven and a half or eight and a half. And then if it was the guy from yesterday, uh, it was ten. So clearly they think he's going to play, in my mind. He has to play. He's healthy enough. If he's healthy enough to play, he has to play if he cares about his career going forward at all. Because if you sign plan, if you have any intention to sign long term with the Ravens, like I think Lamar actually has an inclination to do. I think he just wants a big contract. If you want to sign with the Ravens long term, he's got to play in this game. How can the Ravens give him a contract if he won't play in a freaking playoff game? Maybe he feels like this team isn't good enough to win the Super Bowl, and if they're not good enough to win the Super Bowl, why go out there and risk it? That could be what he's thinking. I, I think that if he has any desire to have a market as a quarterback to either to either get signed somewhere else or to get signed long-term, he has to play this game if he's healthy enough to play, and I think he is healthy enough to play. So you got to assume that Lamar Jackson's going to play. If Hollister? He, if, go ahead, go ahead, finish your point. If he doesn't play, then... How, how can a team say, we're not going to sign you long-term? I know some team will, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to limit his market. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to limit his market if he doesn't play. Um, but are we even really sure that he's going to be ready to go and that good? I mean, he hasn't practiced in almost over a month. He hasn't stepped on the field. I mean, to me... You already know how I feel about him. I, I am. What's your opinion on Lamar Jackson? What is it? <laughs> no, you don't, I, don't I go right down that bit. I would love for him to play. I think it, I think it would actually be bad for the Ravens. I think they would be better off playing Tyler Huntley, who's had snaps. And that, that is me being, being serious. I, I'm not trying to do a bit. I think them playing Tyler Huntley would actually be better. Lamar has already been stated that he's – at least in the locker room, there, there's rumors swirling around that he's not fully invested. I don't know. I, I'd be worried if Lamar played for the Ravens. I wouldn't be so worried if it was Tyler Huntley. What has Tyler Huntley showed you <laughs> that makes you think at all that he's a competent quarterback compared to Lamar Jackson? Tyler Lamar H Jackson started a game, Casey, that, 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 that the Bengals lost. And I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, they played on the road. It was in Baltimore. I think it was a night game. It was, a, it, I believe, it was a primetime game, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So I, I will say that the circumstances aren't the same for Huntley versus Lamar. But the idea or the notion that Lamar is 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 not the better option of a Huntley versus Lamar thing, I'm not completely against that take that you've said. But I will say it is a it is a the the, the phrasing that you use from time to time seems maybe a little over the top for me because it's almost like there's this huge separation between Huntley and Lamar. It's like, listen, if Lamar gets hot and does play well, he's light years better than Huntley. But to your point, Huntley has shown that he can play within 
a systematic offense and kind of be almost, you know, like a, a system guy, a guy that's not going to maybe lose you the game, but he's certainly not going to win you a game. Before Casey throws a counterpoint out, I'm just going to lay some lay some stats between Tyler Hutley and Lamar Jackson. Since Tyler Hutley has started well, the past on, two years, and games he has started in. I, I'm not even talking about their performance. I, I literally just said, taking away the bit, Lamar has not played in over a month, guys. Okay. That's what I said. I think you would be better off playing Tyler Huntley, who literally just rested this week. That's all I said. Okay. So you're so so to be clear, to be fair to you, you're not really saying that or suggesting that that Huntley is just a way better quarterback than Lamar. Not this time. You're basically just saying not this time. You're basically <laughs> just saying that listen, Lamar sat for a month. There's no way he's gonna be able to go out there and. Uh, in Cincinnati, of all places. So you're on the road, and you're going against a good Bengals defense. You're thinking that that month layoff is going to be an issue, which I can't – no one's going to theoretically argue with that. I just think, based off the line, the question of the day is, is Lamar going to play? And I think that the answer is yes, but I'm not so concerned, or I wouldn't be so concerned if I'm Lamar, about his quote-unquote market if he doesn't play. There's always going to be a team in the NFL that's going to stretch. There's always going to be a team in the NFL that thinks that they're only a quarterback away from being able to win a Super Bowl. And there's plenty of teams that could say that and have somewhat of a case, right? The Jets are the first team that comes to mind. If the Jets have Lamar Jackson, is there a chance that you would argue that they're one of the teams that possibly could be going to play for a Super Bowl? And I think the answer is yes, they could. But they don't. They're in a situation where they don't have a quarterback, and it is what it is. If he sits in this game, to your point, Paul, it largely, in my opinion, would not be about the fact of whether or not he's a good person or whether or not he's a competitor. Yeah, you could say that there, there are true competitors, don't get me wrong, that would no chance in hell sit this game no matter what. But if you look at this Ravens roster, they are not good. They are not going to win a Super Bowl no matter what, guys. Yes, they can beat the Bengals. This isn't a bit, this isn't a bit about the Ravens are so bad they're going to get smoked or nothing like that. It's not that. But they have zero chance of winning a Super Bowl no matter who they have back there at quarterback. Look at the receivers. They literally got Sammy Watkins, who was basically sent to the curve by a team in the Green Bay Packers who had hardly any weapons to begin with. And the next thing you know, this man's starting in Baltimore. So if I'm not going to put it on Lamar to sit here and say that, to your point, he is looking to get paid. And for his case, maybe he deserves it, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But I'm not going to make it about his character if he doesn't play. And I know for a fact in the NFL, look no farther than the Cleveland to say, if you think that a quarterback is the thing that you need, you're going to go to whatever case you need to go to to get one. Did anybody have something to add? I think... Uh, say I was going to say. I was going to pose this question. Flip it on Bengals fans. If you had Joe Burrow out the past month, and he was had him practiced, Brandon Allen played the past month was serviceable. Uh, you can't tell. You, you, no, no, it's the same type of question. Would you rather have Joe Burrow or Brandon Allen play? I think the answer is pretty simple. They're two yeah. different types of players. Raven, Ravens, Ravens want Lamar Jackson to play. Yeah, and it's, I'm. I'm I'm looking square in the dead at both both reference pages for Tyler Huntley. He, in his eight games that he started over the past two years, the Ravens are three and eight. He passes for an average of 116 yards a game. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson over the past two years is 15 and nine and passes for 210 yards a game. And Tyler Huntley's 
thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. There's not a single Ravens fan that wants Tyler Huntley to play over Lamar Jackson. I get, I get, I your, so I get your point, Casey. Point. I, I get the point. I don't point. think anybody in the clubhouse wants Tyler Huntley to play over Lamar Jackson. Listen, listen. I'm not arguing that Tyler Huntley is better than Lamar. And Lamar is a special case in this scenario. His whole game is based off of his legs, guys. You don't get hit for a month. You're not using your legs for a month. No skill guy comes back the same unless they're freaking Jamar Chase or whoever you want to name that's a star. And I get it. Lamar is a star. There's a chance for that. But there's a reason he didn't come back in three weeks. There's a reason he's been out and didn't try to play in this game. Right? Are we in agreement on that? Is he still hurt? Well, there's nothing to play like, for this week. He yeah, wasn't going to play regardless. There's nothing to play for. I think I think they conceded as a play in this game regardless. So I think he he never really had a chance to play. We're not arguing. We're not saying that you're saying that he's a better quarterback than Lamar. It's the point of what you know who's going to like. You're going to want Lamar to play no matter what. Like it, I think everyone in the Ravens locker room wants Lamar. It's, it's, to play. it's the exact same thing that I just posed of Joe Burrow right. and Brandon Allen. If Joe Burrow didn't play for the past month and it was the same exact situation, we're not saying Brandon Allen's a better quarterback. I get it. He's got the team going and they're winning three or four games in a row, whatever it is, or they're in the playoffs now. But there's no one in their right mind. Joe Burrow could be as rusty as could be. You'd want Joe Burrow out there. There's, well, there's right. not a, your team. The your only, team would want not your a, starting quarterback. To yeah, play, I mean, guys, here's the only thing. Not, I think Casey. Okay, so then I don't know what you're your guys are spinning Casey's point a little too far out of context. I think what Casey's saying is simple. It's relatively straightforward. If you're the Ravens, do you trust in a guy like Lamar with his skill set, the the things that make him successful? Do you trust the fact that you can sit around for a month and not play, and then come back in a very meaningful game and play at a level in which you feel as if you're not going to lose the game for your defense? Because at the end of the day, that's what the Ravens, in a nutshell, are. I mean, they are a very defensive-oriented team that they need their offense to go out there and score just enough to win, to win the football game. And I think Huntley has proven, to a certain extent, that he's capable of at least going out there and, and, and being serviceable. If Lamar is healthy to play and he says, hey, I'm going to play, guess what? He's playing. I think the only thing, and we'll move on to the next point with the Bengals, is this. Casey was just trying to say that he thinks in his mind he would prefer Lamar to play largely based off the fact that he feels like Lamar isn't going to play well based off sitting for a month. Doesn't mean that over the course of a season he wouldn't play Lamar. Casey, did I at least somewhat eloquently state yeah. your thoughts? Yeah. Okay, yes. well, I would, I would push back on that. Still, even, even refocusing what your point, and I would say that John Harbaugh, the ownership, the team, and the near dozen fans that the Ravens have that – they would look and say, which quarterback gives us the best chance to play to win this game, Tyler Huntley or Lamar Jackson, who hasn't played in a month? Every single one of them, including the dozen Ravens fans, would say Lamar Jackson. Fair. All right, so let's move on to the Bengals' health. It was something that I brought up weeks ago. I'm not saying or forecasting that, you know, oh, look at I, I, I told you so. But it was it, it, it is something that, that every team that wins a Super Bowl needs, and it's called luck. And you might not believe in luck. You might sit here and say, oh, you know, that, 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 that's a made-up thing. Opportunity meets preparation. That's luck. Listen, sometimes you need to be lucky, right? In order to win a championship, more times than not, it requires a small sliver of luck. And the Bengals needed just a little more luck when it came to their health, right? Collins goes down in, in a situation that nobody could have protected him in. It wasn't like it was somebody chopping a guy's legs. It was unlucky. 
And then obviously yesterday, you have another lineman that goes down. And now I ask the question to you guys, how as Bengal fans do you feel about your health going into the playoffs? Do you feel as if, obviously you're going to say, yeah, it's somewhat concerning, but like, do you feel yesterday like, like, doesn't matter. We still have all of our weapons. We still have Chase. We still have Joe. We still got, you know, most of your defense Boy, is relatively healthy. Boyd and Higgins got hurt yesterday. Too. Um, they did, but they kind of came back. It right. seemed like it was a situation where they, they'll be fine. But now we're in a position where, listen, let's face the facts. The one of two things that needed to happen has not happened, which was being healthy. So we lost Collins. There hasn't been a report on Kappa yet, right? I just in a scooter, on a scooter. So yeah, we saw that in the back yeah, of one Dan, of the like, pictures or okay, something. Okay, so Dan Horde said it wasn't a good outlook. Okay, so let me let me eloquently put this point: If Jackson Carmen starts this playoff game, I Reed Mouse will light myself on fire. Let me put it that way, because Jackson Carmen, the schmuck that he is, should not be playing for the Cincinnati Bengals, regardless of how bad the offensive line outlook is. Man, so I don't feel great pop. about the don't feel great about the health of the offensive line is where I'm putting. I don't have a whole lot to add. I, I, I just brought this topic up because and maybe we want to move on it fast because we don't want to talk about it. But I, I just it's just something that always comes into play every time you're, you're trying to win a championship, and it is the health of your team. Are you getting guys back? Are you playing, are you playing at what, a, what you would call a quote-unquote uh, an elite level? The Bengals, for all intents and purposes, look the part against the Bills is all I'm saying, man. I mean, they look the part. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of game left. But the concept of, and you said earlier, they had their bye week when they didn't have to play. Well, I wouldn't really consider that a bye week. Yeah, there's this physical component that you only had to play a little bit of a football game, but the mental component of that whole situation and then having to deal with the, the situation of the coin flip and feeling like you're slighted. It just feels like things, from an outsider's perspective, have not gone well for the Bengals in the past week and a half. And listen, if you go out and you beat the Ravens by two touchdowns, then maybe that's all a mute point and you don't care. But the injury yesterday, like it or not, seems to be looming larger than I would like it to be as someone that lives in Cincinnati that hopes that you guys have some success and some fun because obviously we all want your friends to, to have some fun and, and, I, and I want nothing more than the Bengals to make a run. But from an outsider's perspective, it just seems like, you know, you're, you're doing one of these on the way in instead of one of those, which is what it seemed like things were going in the Bills game. Thoughts on that over there at the... Uh, producer table yeah i mean if it's a coin flip schmoin flip so is the player health i mean next man up mentality don't be a loser about it right. yeah that's a good point it's a good point casey i don't know if that was i don't know if, I don't know if that was an i got I mean, you thing but i'm on board i'm just saying let's go let's get ready let's I, I, kick I, everyone's I'm, ass i want to i want to believe i want to believe that too but it's it's when you look at monday night the way the offensive line looked on that first driving without lc out there and then you fast forward six days and now you lose another starter i mean i just i think there is a little cloud over that because i mean you're losing you just lost two of your two of your top off three offensive linemen in what three four weeks the biggest yeah the biggest weakness that the Bengals have is against a good pass rush and that obviously has expanded a little bit further and to think that yeah, just got expanded a little bit further. The the Bengals' biggest weakness. All right, we're gonna go around the room, and I want to ask is all you guys the same coming? thing I asked Tom. Gut Monday morning. Are we sitting here next Monday morning? The season's over, or the Bengals win? Gut just gut. Forget about the I, cover. Forget the cover. 
The Bengals win. Yes. And go ahead. Well, I tried to wrap my mind around what would it feel like if the Bengals lost this Sunday, and I, my, my mind can't wrap around it yet, so that's not good. Trace. I think this game is very much like the Georgia-Ohio State game for me. It, it, it's going to be close. It's going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be close. I don't, I don't know if the Bengals, you know, put it this way. I would be shocked, royally shocked, if either team won this game by 10 points or more. And if in a game like that, anything can happen. So if you're a Bengals fan, I think you just hope that they played with a vanilla offense this past week and they didn't want to give up too much of their playbook, if you will, of things mm-hmm. that they think they can attack that defense with. Um, and hopefully Joe Burrow plays a little bit better. But at the end of the day, listen, the Bengals are the better team. <laughs> I think they'll win. Casey? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just saying Reed is right. They're going to just play their game, and they're going to slaughter them. Right? Like, Did I say that? Well, you, you, you said that's what their mentality should be. And I'm just saying they're going to right. They're going to show that on the field, and they're going to slaughter them. Yeah, winners don't worry about circumstances. Right. I think this will be a very close game. I think the Bengals win by 3-2-10. It'll be maybe close to the fourth quarter. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think the Bengals win. That's what we're talking about Monday. Also, AJ asked if I was on a leadership scholarship at LaSalle, which was for athletes. Uh, no, I did not get one of those. Tough. Yeah, Did tough. Drew Christman get one? Uh, don't think so. Man, just just no no love for the punters nope. over there in the La- Lancer land. He looked good yesterday in person, though. Legs look good. How about Drew Christmas? That punt that was the coffin the corner punt that ended up creating the, yeah, the that's fumble. Yeah, three hundred in Madden two thousand four. It is, baby. That's big. I mean, listen, he should have been the punter for a long time. And I have no disrespect to Huber, but at some point, you, you know, the one thing Huber. the one thing that the the, the Bengals organization from time to time has done from the outside looking in again is they held on to guys far too long and they've 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 hoped and prayed that these guys would do relatively well and keep keep doing well because of of maybe the personalities they were in the locker room but they needed a punter for uh for for longer than just the time that they had huber i mean with all due respect to huber one thing i I wanted to bring up sir boy said that all all playoff games are close no they're not no they're not listen the, the the bills the bills might beat the brakes off the dolphins I can tell you right now the Seahawks are going to get their brakes beaten off by the Niners. Um, when I when I say when I say a close game, I mean you can go back in a football game and you can point to two or three or four plays and that was the difference in the game. That's how close I think that this Bengals Ravens game was going to be. I hope that I'm wrong for the Bengals' sake and they go out and they play well. But for whatever reason, the idea of being able to substitute a whole new offensive line in week one of a winner take all game. I think there's going to be some growing pains with that. Does it mean I think that they can't that they can't win a Super Bowl anymore? No, I don't. I wouldn't say that. As long as number nine is behind center, I think the Bengals can win a Super Bowl. And the best quote that I've seen all weekend, which again, you guys know I'm a press conference guy. If you've watched the show, I listen to a lot of press conferences. The best quote I've seen all Great. weekend is when Joe Burrow, someone was asking about windows. And, and I get the point from the reporter. It's not a bad question. The reporter has every right to ask, you know, do you feel any pressure because you're in this window of opportunity with the Bengals where you have a lot of guys on rookie contracts? And Joe Burrow just said, listen, my window is my career. <laughs> so, and that's the attitude Joe Burrow is going to have, and he should, because he's, he's a guy that, in my opinion, 
has everything that you want in, in a starting quarterback in the NFL. And it's not largely just because he can throw the football, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that he does incredibly well, not that we need to turn this into a Joe Burrow segment, that, that I don't know if he gets enough credit for. Certainly in Cincinnati, they might want to say that he gets enough credit for it. But nationally speaking, I have not heard people bring this up enough. He extends plays like the greats have always done. I mean, he's not super fast. He's not ever going to wow you with his athleticism. But he is just savvy enough to be able to make a half a step to the right or a half a step to the left, run a little bit to the, uh, to the left, and make a throw. He does that more times than people want to give him credit for, in my opinion. And yesterday, he did have that incredible play where he ran around for a minute and then kind of got the edge and got like mm-hmm. a four or five yard gain and everybody, you know, ooh, nod over it. He does that a lot. Does he get credit for that enough? Yeah. Well, Trace, you've been, you've been hard, big on the point for quarterbacks that use their legs have a long have a long window here in the NFL. That's been your point from the get-go, right? I mean, guys. my point is <laughs> that if the first thing you bring up about a quarterback is their legs, they are not a franchise guy. They are not good in the NFL. It's 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 not even a hot take. Look at look at the history of the league. Go find me a guy that's won the whole thing time and time or not even time and time again. That's not fair. A guy that's been in Super Bowl contention throughout his career, right? Played on really good teams, and the first thing you bring up about a quarterback is their legs. Go ahead. Is it Mike Vick? Who is it? Joe Burrow gets credit for his ability to extend plays. He really Extending does. Extending plays and running the football because you can't throw the football are two different things. Escapability is certainly a trait of great quarterbacks, and Joe Burrow has it. There's no doubt about that. Fair enough. So you're you're bringing up Wild Card Weekend and that – Sir Boy said most wild card games are, are close. Let me pose. He me said po- all playoff games are close. Yeah, let me pose this question. What would surprise you the most? Which upset would surprise you the most this weekend? We'll go all the way around the room for this. The biggest upset in the entire NFL to me would be the Seahawks beating the Niners. More so than a Tua list fence? Yeah, I think you. I can't get over the Dolphins. I, I, I want to. I mean, that's right there neck and neck. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. This is splitting hairs. But I do think that there's something about the fact that you've already beaten a team once before this season, right? Couple that with the fact that the Bills, like it or not, have been in this little situation they've been in for a couple weeks. What would be two weeks by the time they played? And then on top of that, I'm not sold on the fact that that, that, um, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to play. I'll say this. If the third-string quarterback for the Dolphins beats the Bills, then I would agree. But I'm also going to say that if Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater plays, the Seahawks would be bigger, a bigger upset for me. Over the Niners. The, the Finns are, what, one and six over their last seven. Their one win being this weekend. Man, they when, just survived when they, into the playoffs. When, when they didn't even score a touchdown. Big shout-out to Schmaltzy on that, that big. Guys, what, yeah. what, what would be the biggest, what's the biggest upset that you could see? Miami. Yeah, Miami. I said, I think I said Jaguars before, right? On Tom's show? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jaguars. That's only a one point spread. It is. Chargers are only a one point favorite. To me, I think it's the the fact that it's the Jaguars. Like, in my mind, I know they just made it to the championship Mm -hmm. like four or five years ago. How long ago was that? They went to the AFC Championship under Blake Bortles in 2018 when. Tom Brady lost so, to Nick Foles. So about five, six years ago. I don't know. The Jaguars, to me, like, I would love to see it. That's, I think, where it comes from more than it is 
the biggest upset. I think the biggest upset, though, would be the Bills, though, and, and how two of us Dolphins would be insane. Can I tell you what you Bengal fans should be should be rooting for hardcore? I mean, you should be rooting for this team about as hard as you can root for a team that's not the Bengals, and that is the Chargers. And you think I'm being funny. You think this is a bit. It's not a bit. I'm being dead serious. I genuinely think that if the Chiefs have to play the Chargers one more time, they are in trouble. When you have to play a divisional opponent three times, and the first two times you played them, you narrowly escaped, narrowly escaped both games with a win, I'm telling you, the last thing that the Chiefs fans, I'm sure, and the Chiefs, and you can say what you want, all oh, the players don't care who they play. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. The Chiefs do not want to play the Chargers, okay? And at the end of the day, if I'm a Bengals fan, I would be hoping and praying that the, that the Chargers, which is not a guarantee. Listen, the Jags are a good football team. But the idea that the Chargers would have an opportunity to go play the Chiefs for the third time and beat them, there is a chance, right, that you're hosting the AFC Championship at home. I don't think the Jags have a prayer in hell to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. They don't. But the Chargers do. And it's basically the same reason that if the Ravens played in a different division than the Bengals this upcoming week, we probably would have a little bit of a different outlook on this game too. When you have to play a divisional opponent three times in a season, and especially when the first two games were close, you don't want that. And I'm telling you, the Chiefs do not want that smoke. They don't. And I would call it right now. If that happens, the Chiefs are going to lose their first game. I think there's something to be said for teams that have to play their divisional opponents three times because it's, it's like you've seen everything. It comes more down to who's the better Joe than it does the scheme and that mattering, right? And that's kind of how these games go when you play your third team. They get really muddy the third time around, don't they? Yeah. Every time it seemingly gets really muddy. If you had a, if you had a crystal ball and you see the Chargers beat the Jags, whatever, doesn't matter the score. If you had a crystal ball, what would you guess the spread would be? be the Chargers going into Arrowhead? Four, maybe five. Four and a half or five. That sounds fair. That sounds fair. You don't think it would be a touchdown? No. No. And if I listen, if it comes out and it's a touchdown or more, then then Vegas loves the then Vegas loves the Chiefs. But I don't think that'll be the case. I think that's one of those games where they put the line at four. Eighty percent of the squares will be taking the Chiefs because they think they're the better team. They haven't watched the two first games against the Chiefs and the the Chargers. And in all reality, outside of and again, I'm not going to sit here and say it's luck, fluke, whatever. But if you go back and watch those games, the the the, the Chiefs were very fortunate to win those games. Very fortunate. It, it, it almost would remind me of like a Georgia-Ohio State. Like, oh, yeah, well, Georgia won. It's like, oh, yeah, but it took like a, took a lot of miracles for that to happen. So I think the same thing about the Chargers and the Chiefs. That's a, that's a, that's a, it's a bad matchup for the Chiefs. And, I, again, I don't know if the, the Chargers can win because they got to fly cross-country, play a Jags team. Um, Does that, did that spread surprise you? Chargers only being favored by a point? As a gambler, the foremost gambler on this show, <laughs> is that, does that spread surprise you? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. It makes me think that the public's going to take the Chargers. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's shaping up like that. 69% of the bets on Chargers, 82% nice. of the money on Chargers. 
But again, it doesn't. It doesn't obviously, as we know in this office lately, been 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 a home run slam dunk with that. But at the end of the day, nine, you know, more times than not, Vegas wins. And when they're allowing the public to to bet one side heavily without moving the line a whole lot, they're they're taking a stake in the game, like it or not. But any other, I mean, here's the beautiful thing about the NFL. It's a it's an unbelievable product. I can't tell you how excited I am. And then as a Packer fan, was I, I was sad last night largely because of Aaron Rodgers' last game, and it's the end of an era. And but I will say I look forward to being able to watch the playoffs without having your 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 full investment in it. Right? Like as Bengal fans, you guys are in it now. Mm. But it oh, is yeah. nice actually. Like I'm going to turn the TV on this weekend. Watch a bunch of NFL games, and it's going to be enjoyable to watch them all. Agreed. I want I want something to cheer for if I'm a fan. That's a bad take. Ah, right. oh, my team's not in it. You know what? It's nice this year. I don't have to worry about us winning the Super Bowl. I'll just sit back and enjoy everything else. Yeah, if the Bengals weren't in the playoffs, I I would be less happy if the Bengals were not in the playoffs. Correct. It'd be oh. be a little be well, a little yeah. little more solid. Yeah, I mean it's a different outtake though, right? Like 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 my my point is you're is tired that, of the Packers being in the playoffs all the time. It's not yeah. that. It's no, tired. it's not that at all. I wanted them to win like hell last night. They have a chance to just ruin the the 49ers season like they have time and time again to to the Packers. My my overall point is that I don't have a lot of emotional stake into the playoffs. You might you guys might sit here and you might think that that's a bad take, but when you come in here on Monday and you're like, I don't want to watch the rest of the playoffs, fuck them all. Excuse my language. You're gonna think, man, Trace gets to watch all these games just as a fan, and it's nice. It's kind of nice. <laughs> that that was our beat button. We don't have one, so that's the closest thing. Gotcha. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, it's funny. So I've sat on this show and argued. You mentioned the NFL being just an incredible product. I've sat on this show and argued about the NFL over college football. I was at a party on Saturday, and we had on the Michigan-Michigan State college basketball game, which I think was like 29-20 to 20 final score. It was, it was low scoring. It was 50-46. to 46. And they were doing the exact same argument that I do to Trace about college football. Be like, man, this product sucks. They were doing the same thing as Michigan and Michigan State are just bricking threes left oh, yeah. and right. Just wide open threes, not even coming close to hitting the rim. T- getting down in the paint, missing layups. And they're just like, man, this sucks. And I've come to the realization that both college football in the NFL and college basketball in the NBA are the same distance apart. They truly are. The difference between the products are when college basketball, the skill level is a lot lower than the NBA. They're bricking up threes and there's not a whole lot of scoring going on. In college football, when the skill level is different from the NFL, at least the difference is they're just busting 70-yard Hail Marys down the field or busting 70-yard runs. And they're scoring a lot more as opposed to college basketball where they don't score as much. So at least it's more exciting when the quote-unquote product isn't as good. I mean, you watch a college football game, you'll see three 60-yard passes every single game. You watch an NFL game, you can go an entire week without seeing a 60-yard pass. True. It's two different products. It's always been two different products, and it's a matter if you like them or not. And the college football and the NFL are two completely different things. All right, Lovey Smith, really fast. We won't spend a whole lot of time on this because I don't know if people really care. I don't know how much we really care, but – at first, I was like, what are the Texans doing? Right? Like, what idiots? And then outside the office today, it dawned on me, like, wait a minute. 
Lovey Smith knew he was going to get fired. And he was like, watch this. He's like, we're going to go for two. And you guys aren't <laughs> going to get your number one pick. Like, he, knew that, he knew what was coming. He knew he was getting fired. If he wasn't getting fired, there's no chance in the world they go for two right there. But since he had, he still had, he still had like the, the keys to the house of the ex yeah. or something. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to go in there. I'm not going to burn the house down, but I'm going to shake some things up in here a little bit. And I feel like that's what he did. If, am I, if, are we overthinking the idea that Lovey Smith knew he was going to get fired and decided I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and go for two when I know that's the best chance of us winning this football game. And denying the Texans the number one pick after I get fired, I'm going to do it, and it succeeded. Well, and then he comes back in the press conference right after, and he's like, yeah, I had no ex expectation of getting fired. Oh, did he really? Yeah, he came, somebody asked him in the postgame press conference, do you think you're going to be back next season? And he said something, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know what the quote was, but he said something to the effect of, yeah, I fully expect to be back next year. So he made it to the press conference. We've made a, a running joke on this show. He's like, they might, like we said it about Coach Cal, like if he loses to Louisville, do you think he's going to get fired on the floor? Do you think Lovey Smith was fired? Like he walked off the podium of the press conference afterwards and the owner's just like, hey man, yeah. I know you just said you think you're going to be back next year. I'm here to we'll tell you that. right now. Like, we'll, we're going we're gonna to get somebody else now. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that 100% happened. What do the Bears do with that one pick? They That's a that. great question. They right? have to trade that pick. I mean, they, they just got gifted more draft picks, essentially, because they can trade that to somebody who needs a quarterback. Oh, yeah. And go down to the four spot and get another pick later in the draft. Then we can finally stop hearing, oh, we don't have any weapons here in Chicago. Right, Trace? That's right. Casey, I can't <laughs> wait for it. I hope that they trade back and they get two wide receivers. The worst thing that can happen in this office is Casey and Trace getting on a bit together. That's what we got with the Bears. It's it's what we got with Patrick Mahomes. The whole nine yards. It is it is too yeah, it's the worst thing that could happen in this office. In this well, office. here's the thing. So far, what we have said has not been turned out to be false in any in any form or fashion yet. It hasn't. Bat in a thousand. In fact, you guys were such negative influences on Casey that he decided he was going to convert himself into thinking that Justin Fields was actually relatively good. And the truth is, is he's not. He's going to be injured half his career. He's going to miss wide receivers that are wide open from time to time. And he's never going to be a quarterback in this league that is sustainable and going to win you championships. But he's the most exciting quarterback. Second. He's really good at the over on rush yard props. Really good. It's true. I had a lot of those this year, baby. It's true. Well, that's what happens when you have the quarter, uh, the quarterback uh, of the National Football League that almost broke the uh, the rushing record for a quarterback over Lamar Jackson of all people to tie that ribbon around uh, that portion of the show. Let's talk. We'll talk TCU Georgia real fast. Obviously, I have a big rooting interest in this game. Um, big financial interest in this game. Yeah, I put the I put the second largest bet I've ever made in my life, responsibly of course, on, of course. on Georgia to cover. <laughs> Um, and I feel really good about it. And I, and I really, to a certain extent, on that, Fred. Um, feel like we're getting a gift as, as, as gamblers. Not often do you get the opportunity to lay a wager on a game where, quite frankly, if the circumstances were different and or the perception of the public was different, would probably be a 17, 18, 19-point spread, maybe 20-point spread in certain cases. Um, the truth is, is that TCU has been on a roller coaster of a run. I'm not taking anything away from them. They've had an unbelievable season. They have, they've had 
an incredible amount of, of what I would call fortune. I'm not going to say it's luck, but they've had an incredible amount of fortune. And at the end of the day, a team that went into overtime with Oklahoma State, double overtime with Oklahoma State, a team that lost to Kansas State a few weeks ago, a team that had to rush a couple guys on a field last second to kick a field goal to beat Baylor at the last second, a team that, quite frankly, had a situation against Michigan where they turned the ball over two times inside the five-yard line, threw two pick sixes, and still was a targeting call away from possibly losing that game at the very end. I, I'm not concerned at all. Now, having said that, if Georgia were to lose, quite frankly, it would probably be one of the worst losses in the history of my fandom. Because I go into this game not really at this point, you know, having a rooting interest in the game per se. It's more or less at this point, just like, can Georgia win by as many as I think they can win? And that's not a good, that's not a good way to go into a football game, but that's how I genuinely feel about it. I think TCU is going to be introduced to the idea of that Cinderella run in the tournament where you got a team that's a 14 or 15 seed that gets into the Sweet 16 and then they get in the Elite Eight and then, and then the reality sets in. And that team that made it to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight loses by 30 points. Um, that's how I feel about it. Uh, AJ in the chat was asking, if is Darnell Washington healthy? Lad McConkey healthy. Um, Darnell Washington is supposedly questionable, and I think Lad McConkey is 100% going to play. He's been quote unquote injured all year long, and he has been injured, but he's not missing this football game. Um, listen, there was one team in the country that could beat Georgia. It was Ohio State. I said it from time and time again, and I still believe that. And that point was proven. Ohio State very much could have beaten Georgia. It didn't happen, and now TCU gets a chance to. To, to play Georgia, and I don't think that they're ready for this smoke, fellas. I really don't. Now, you guys can try to talk me off this ledge. You can try to sit here and tell me, well, what about this? What about that? Maybe the chat will chime in. I'll let them chime in as well. I'm sitting up here telling you that right now, if Georgia and a TCU played, now this is where you can laugh at me, and, and hopefully you can clip this for your own sake. If they played 100 times, my gut, my heart of hearts tells me that Georgia wins 98 out of 100 of these games. That's where I'm at on this game. This is the largest spread in the, what is it, 24 years that they've played a national championship in college football. This is the largest spread that there's ever been in the national championship game. Right. The closest was Alabama, minus 10 over Notre Dame a decade ago. Of course, Alabama won by a billion. And then Ohio State were 11-point dogs against that Miami Hurricanes team 20 years ago. So I don't want to... The two other largest spreads. Ooh. The underdog won once. This game's going to be decided by a pass interference call. Just saying. Is anyone taking TCU in this office? I am not. Nope. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. The I, other, I, I, <laughs> I was sitting there looking at it on the Betfred app going, oh, man, 25 bucks pays out 122. <laughs> I will say this. It's one of those weird situations where if I were to bet on this game – there's no way that I'm 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 going to take the value and the fact that if TCU can hang around, they might have a chance to win. I'll put a little bit of money on the money line for TCU, but that's it. That's almost like a little sprinkle just to have a little bit of fun with the opportunity of what you said. It pays out incredibly well. Right. But I don't. I just don't think that there's a whole lot of value in in the points. I don't. Is there I a just, chance they cover? I don't. I, I, here's the problem I have with the whole situation with TCU is that 
is that they they've they've played in a league that has not shown themselves well in the bowls. And you could say that means something, you could say it doesn't mean something. I don't care, right? But at the end of the day, they they played in a league where they struggled to win every game, not just one game, not just two games. They've had three or four close games in that league, right? And yeah, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, look at Kentucky and Georgia. Look at Missouri and Georgia. <laughs> and, 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 and look at Ohio State and look at what they did to, to Georgia. Okay, that's fine. Look at what Georgia did to Michigan last year. Do you think things changed that much? What, what, did, what did Georgia do so much differently this year as opposed to last year where Michigan this year is so much better than they were last year? How come Michigan fans think that this year's Michigan team was so much better than last year's Michigan team? You lost Aiden Hutchinson. You lost the other kid that I, that I can't think of on defense. And somehow, just because McCarthy's a year older and you have, there's no Blake Corum, like, at some point you just realize that Michigan might not just have been as good as we all thought they were. And they went into Columbus and give them all their due, give them their flowers. They won a football game they should have never won. But outside of that, TCU has had a situation where, in my opinion, they've not played a whole lot of quality opponents. And then at the end of the year, right, they played against Michigan. And Michigan played horrible. They played horrible. And you can sit here and say all you want. Well, that was TCU. TCU did that to Michigan. Did they? Did they cause them to fumble at the one? Did they cause them to do a flea flicker play action or whatever the hell they were trying to do on fourth and three at the goal line down there? Did they throw two pick sixes? Yeah, I guess you could say that the TCU caught them and ran them in. But we'll see. At the end of the day, all I'm saying is if you want to be a square, bet on TCU. And come back. I'll be back here tomorrow regardless. And you know what? It is going to be hell on earth if Georgia were to lose this game. Because I've done nothing but sit here and tell you that TCU is not that good. We'll have some clips if, if TCU Is there any world, I'm serious, and I'm asking this because I'm considering you've convinced me maybe responsibly doubling down on this. Because I'm like I said, I'm already locked in at 12 and a half, and I don't like that it's already up to 13 and a half. You have TCU covering 12 and a half? No, no, I have Georgia. Oh, okay. What would, what would or, make, sorry, yeah, you know what I mean. What would make you think that I would pick TCU? <laughs> You wearing a TCU sweatshirt right now? Thank you, Brad. I, I'm I'm genuinely asking because I've watched maybe two Georgia football games this year, like full Georgia. Football I only games watched the Missouri year. and Kentucky game. That told me everything I need to know. Those two games. I have watched TCU mostly because of Tom and wearing this hoodie every Friday and Monday for the last like 15 weeks. Is there a world where TCU? can exploit Georgia and win this game? Is it the secondary? Like, I'm genuinely asking as a, somebody that knows this Georgia team extremely well. Yeah. Like, is there something that TCU that you're looking at tonight that if we get to the end of the first quarter, you send us a group text and you're like, eh, maybe we, like, kind of sprinkle the live line. Right. Stetson Bennett gets hurt. Okay. I As far as, like, I know what you're trying to ask me, and I don't know if I can give you a good answer. Okay. I guess That's the question— I guess No the, answer is a fine answer. The, the question I would ask, too, to the public, to anyone in the chat, to people that are making fun of me, thinking that I'm just a homer for Georgia, is give me a reason as to why I shouldn't believe this. Give me an actual X's and O's reason as to why you can sit here and say that whatever, whatever TCU is going to do is better than whoever else can do it. Because there's not any pundit that I've come across— which watching all the podcasts and anything, you know what they talk about with TCU? What do they say? 
They say they got Max Duggan. He's a gamer. They got this TCU team. They, they've, they've been on this high for a while. They, they, they find ways to win. They're a bunch of gamers. But they can't, they can't be like, hey, TCU is going to be able to run the football in Georgia. Matched up one-on-one, -on -one, like it or not, there's not a Marvin Harrison Jr. on this team. There's not an Enigma. There's not any player close to Ohio State's relative status. And at the end of the day, do you think that TCU's offense can score 30 points on Georgia? That's the question of the day. If they can, they have a small chance of winning. But Georgia's offense, right, whether Darnell Washington plays or doesn't play, Michigan's offense, no disrespect to Michigan, who had 17 points against Illinois in the final week of the regular season. And you can sit here and you can say, oh, look at George. Let me tell you something about Kirby Smart, and he will do this. And maybe, maybe you could argue Michigan does this too. Kirby Smart will take the air out of the football as soon as he knows they can win the game. He is not one to keep running the regular offense that scored him all the points. If you watch the Tennessee-Georgia game, Tennessee-Georgia game, Georgia could have won that game probably by 30 to 40 points. It started raining. They ran the football up the middle three times in a row for the last five possessions of the game because they knew they were going to win the football game because Tennessee couldn't score whatever it was, 28 points in the last whatever, how much time's left. So the only thing I would be concerned about as a Georgia backer is if it's a 31 to 7 game, call it midway through the third or early getting toward the fourth, Kirby Smart will literally tell the offense to run the football three times in a row, go three and out, punt the football, and they're not going to be able to score three touchdowns or four touchdowns in the last quarter of the game. As long as they don't make mistakes offensively, that's Kirby Smart's philosophy. And, and, it, and sometimes it will lead to games. Like Georgia in the Kentucky game had – Two offensive possessions. I think three offensive possessions in the first half. They had three field goals. So, they scored every time they got the ball. I think a lot of fans probably have the feeling that I do if you're not a Georgia fan or a TCU fan. I'm a long-suffering Cincinnati fan. So, the heart of my sports fandom wants TCU to complete this Cinderella story. I also think that Georgia is going to... Crush TCU. Well, that's the that, that's what I was gonna say to Trace's point about. It. He's like, no one can give me X's and O's why TCU'd win this game. And at some point in sports, it be go it goes beyond rational thought. You know, yeah. <laughs> like St. Peter's last year, like, they can't win this next one. They can't win this next one. That's that a good point. And like the TCU, they just you can't explain it. They just keep winning, and that's literally the only point that you can put on. Is just some things go beyond rational thought. Now I, I looked up. Preseason odds to win national championships oh out of boy. all the national champions in the past 20 years. Now, there's been some long odds. Um, Joe Burrow and his LSU team were 33 to 1. Ohio State back in 2014 were 40 to 1. Auburn with Cam Newton, 50 to 1. Um, you've got Nick Saban's first um, national championship at LSU, 40 to 1. TCU's preseason odds to win the national championship? 200 to 1. 200 to 1. I just guessed that. If you put $100 on it, you'd be looking at a $20,000 ticket oh if they God. pulled this off tonight. How would you hedge that? <laughs> you put 10 grand. <laughs> uh, yeah, how would you how hedge, would that? You hedge Ohio, that? Because Ohio State is such Georgia. Georgia's, Georgia's such big um, money like, I'm serious. Favorites. Like. How would you hedge? I'm not. I'm not personally much of a hedger, but you. <laughs> but at that at the, at at that extent of money, like what would they what would the cash it offer be? It'd be like two grand. It'd be like a thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't right? know. I don't. 
it wouldn't be that much because they're such big underdogs. What's the what's the uh, what's money the line mo- for Georgia? Let me check. Let me check. Bet Fred Sportsbook official. Sponsor My guess of the is show. minus three sixty somewhere in there. Oh, it's minus three seventy. What Georgia? Yeah, well, they're minus like, four seventy. Like, like they are minus four fifty. Minus four fifty. So you got to drop four fifty to win a hundred. Yeah. So forty five hundred dollars wins you a thousand. Yeah. Nah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Though. Tough play. Yeah, I, I don't think you can hedge it. I, I don't. Well, I you mean, have to hedge it somehow to get at least well, like a thousand. Okay, so you put down five grand to win a thousand or forty, whatever it is. Yeah, to to say if as long as Georgia wins, I, at least you win a thousand bucks. Yeah. Because you go any more than that, what is it? Ten? You want to you you want to risk ten thousand dollars just to win two thousand dollars? That's half your earnings. What's minus six and a half? Right, that, you can play that. Line? You can play that alternate line game. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a. That, I mean, that's a good situation to be in. I do like the chat. I mean, listen, Everett. I've seen your chats in here. I also see Sir Boys. George has been fortunate. They've been very fortunate with the whole wide receiver situation. I'm not going to say you're act like they haven't been, but you know, nobody in any championship wants to bring out the alternative viewpoint, right? Um, I'm not going to get into the Ohio State game because I think there's Ohio State fans in here. And listen, as a Georgia fan, I, I don't. I have a lot of Ohio State fans, and I don't really like rubbing it in because I just don't think that that's, like, relatively appropriate. So I'm not going to talk much about that game specifically. But Georgia didn't have their best wide receiver all year last year, George Pickens, who's arguably one of the best rookie wide receivers in the NFL. So if you want to sit here and act like, oh, they don't have this guy, this guy, this guy, well, okay. Well, you're going to bring up the fact that Georgia lost their number one wide receiver? In regards to AJ, had a comment in regards to the number one wide receiver for, for Georgia. I wouldn't consider Lad McConkey the number one wide receiver for Georgia. I know that his statistics show that he's the number one wide receiver for Georgia, but Georgia has much more talented wide receivers, in my opinion. Opinion. A.D. Mitchell, who is their number one wide receiver, quite frankly, has been out since week one of the, the, the entire uh, season. Came back, obviously, for that Ohio State game and made some plays. Was a big impact player. You got Rosemary Jack Saint. He's a great player. They got Brock Bowers again, who's been quietly cold for quite some time. You have a couple running backs in the backfield who are listen. If Georgia doesn't score forty plus points in this game, it's it's an incredibly disappointing performance. Do you think because it's the national championship and you talk about what they did against Tennessee, where they took their foot off the gas and everything else? Do you think because it's the national championship, Stetson's last game, all this, that maybe they don't? I got a feeling they might not. Yeah, and they just put 60 up on him and they and and he lets Stetson go out on a high is he gonna be the first college quarterback over the age of 40 to win a national championship yeah I mean I I, I get that 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 take as well I think it's I'm I mean, just being sarcastic I know He's you a great were. player like I, I I mean there's a lot of those guys Hinton Hooker's an older guy Sean Clifford's an older guy wasn't um, Craig Krenzel older when he played he at may State. have been i don't know i mean listen how I, old is stetson 25 stetson's 25 okay and um i'm a big fan of stetson i thought stetson had, had been when he came into football games earlier in his career when he was the third string guy when you watch guys throw the football and you guys watch guys make plays at least for me sometimes i put in a, i put away the narrative of oh well that's the backup he's probably not that good i think coaches miss sometimes i think college coaches miss on players from time to time and I'm not going to bring up, like, the Joe Burrow situation. Listen, if you're at Ohio State and you're winning football games, you keep the starting quarterback in there because you have to, right. you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I do think in college there are numerous times. I, I go to, to Kansas with Bill Self. 
he redshirted Ochai uh, Obaji when he was a freshman thinking that he wasn't good enough to play at Kansas. He turns out to be one of the best players in Kansas history. Well, you look at Sauce at UC. He was a yeah. back. He was a backup. Someone gets hurt. He comes in that UCF game. Turns out to be a top five pick. There's a lot of colleges that had no in- college coaches that had no interest in him. Correct. Top and five pick. I, I do think that's one thing I'll say that TCU. You give them credit. They don't have these four and five star guys. Listen, I'd hang the hat on the idea that if you got a lot of good players, give them time to figure out if they're good players or not. Right. TCU. We might be talking about the fact that they had Max Duggan and a couple guys that I don't know off the top of my head. But listen, if Max Duggan goes out there and he has a 15-year NFL career and turns out to be one of the all-time greats, this TCU little Cinderella run looks way different, right? It's like it's hard to it's hard to in college put a put a like a, a stake in how good somebody is before they get you know a, a fair opportunity, right? Yeah. And, and, and and oftentimes, sadly enough. I'm not sure there's many players that get a fair opportunity, quite frankly. I think, and I think Stetson was that. I, I, that's my biggest thing with Stetson. It's not, it's not so much like the Juco story and all that. It's that he stuck around when the coaches basically told him that he wasn't good enough. And he just decided he was stubborn enough to think that he was. And it just so happened an act of God happened where literally two quarterbacks get hurt. They got no other choice to play the kid. And he literally goes and he saves the season. And he, and he wins eight or nine games. And now they lose to Alabama. But at least at that point, you could say, well, we might be wrong here. So it is a wild story. No matter what happens tonight, you're going to have an unbelievable story. Mm-hmm. And now you could say Georgia is, is obviously the one. And I know, I get it. If I'm not a Georgia fan, I'd root in like hell for TCU. But between Stetson Bennett, who's going to have a movie made out of him, especially if he wins a national championship this year, and the Max Duggan situation with TCU, you're going to have an unbelievable story. And that's why sports are great. The last thing I'll say on this whole situation is that uh, Boom Shakalaka, with the best comment of the day, said we can all at least agree that the starting time for the kickoff what time? is something we can all agree that we like. What time is 730. it? 7.30. Oh, oh that's so great. I saw that, and I got nervous because I thought it was the thing where they advertise the pregame show. Yeah. You know, where right. they say, like, oh, the Nissan kickoff. Yeah. it really doesn't start till 8.15. Sounds like it's kicking off at 7.30. You know, Trace, you just brought up the point about, like, Joe Burrow and, and not starting a guy who's winning games. It just brought up memory. Remember when the Clemson Tigers sat Kelly Bryant, who just won the national championship for Trevor Lawrence? Balls on Dabo Sweeney, who's a well-liked guy in this on this show. Well-liked guy. Well-liked guy. NIL. We all love Dabo Sweeney. Yes. A lot. We believe what, in I <laughs> name, name, image, and likeness of Jesus Christ. Love that guy. Let's get in the vault. What, what picks you got? You've already said your pick, Trace, right? Is any, yeah, my pick else? is relatively straightforward. Listen, I, I, I'm putting an unhealthy uh, – not that's not true. I'm putting half the amount of money that I've grinded to try to win this season, and I am up, thankfully. I'm putting half of the money that I've won on Georgia. Um, again. Is there a chance they don't cover? Of course. Is it free big, big money? Maybe not. What big did spread. you get it at? But I got it at 12 and a half. Um, the- and, I, and, I, and I also think, to be quite honest, I sent something in the Discord earlier today. I don't know if you've seen it, but like, there's value there. There's real value there. For the people that haven't gotten it in yet that are nervous about 13 and a half, is that still okay? I, listen, I, I don't think it's going to matter. Okay. 
But I just wanted to, you know, people right. might be asking. Yeah. Hammer the over. Well, you, get, you can get it at 13 on, on, on Bedford. Oh, oh, is it still? I've seen it hovering around. I see. I think it was just at 13 earlier. It might have gone back okay. to 13. I will say if you like Georgia, do it now. The line's not going to move back in the favor of TCU at all. It's not. It's, thir- it's 13. So you. You won't. You won't. You'll get a push if it, you'll, if, if you'll thirteen. Okay. So that, All right. You're not on the hook anymore. Uh, you take my, Well, yes. I mean, I am. I am taking Georgia, but I'll give a different pick. Uh, Oral Roberts and New Mexico. Oh, baby. Under under one sixty two and a half. How much money are you gonna lose on New Mexico before you before you they teach you a well, lesson? Well, so I'm not gonna pick a side this time. <laughs> Because I'm 0 for 2 on the Lobos in the last week. Damn. They're low. They low. I, w- <laughs> I like in this game. Someone explained to me why I shouldn't take the under in this one. And I'm on the I'm of the belief that I'm gonna take Georgia the spread. And if I believe that Georgia is gonna cover the spread, that means that I think that TCU. Won't score. I I don't think TCU is going to score more than twenty five points. So that would put a responsibility. The line is at sixty three and a half. That would mean that I believe that Georgia's got to score over forty points today. I just feel like the under that line is so high. Sixty three and a half is so high that if it's not a competitive game, it's, if it's right where Vegas thinks it's going to be a two touchdown game, that Georgia's got to score well over forty points. You know what makes me also concerned about the over? is I've seen on social media, I'm not going to give them any pub, but I have seen on social media other sports books promoting like yeah, the promotions over. on the over. Bedford oh. has a promotion right now. You know what it is? Yeah. What is it? TCU. And the over. And the over. TCU money line and the over. Oh, well, okay. So well, then, uh, TCU spread. TCU spread. spread. Okay, Plus. so then that's the same boost that I'm talking about. I just couldn't – I didn't want to say for sure until I made sure it was Bedford. That's the same boost I'm talking about. Makes me think the under. I'm, I'm not hammering the under, but I'm definitely going to be playing the under. Yeah, I'm hammering this. I'm not going to play it just because I don't want to lose and be rooting for not. I don't want to get to a point where it's like rooting we for need no a points. Touchdown to cover, and I'm like, well, the under. The only concern I have for the under is if Georgia gets just red hot and they score 50 points. Listen, Michigan scored how many? I think I think even for Georgia to to score 50 points, there's going to need to be a defensive. Like, not that I don't think that Georgia can put up a bunch of points. I just don't think they're going to. Like, I think if they get a big lead, like you said, they're just going to take the air out of the ball and let's run the ball. So the only way in which Georgia scores 50 is if Max throws two pick sixes. So I really like the under. I'm trying to talk you into the under. I know. I was sitting. I'm you, got sitting any, here. you got any puck? <laughs> no puck tonight. No, uh, no, no puck. No puck. But you, you know, Puck. I know. Oh, well, look, I'm three and one. I'm taking a couple days off after that that right. tough loss Don't by the Preds. Anything. Don't force anything. Just relaxing here. Uh, Trace, who's uh, I, I'm doing a three leg parlay here. Let's on go. the game tonight. Yeah. Georgia cover. Yeah. I'm debating on the over or under after hearing uh, Mr. Reed Mouse give his his take on that. I think I'm still gonna take the over because I hate not rooting for points. Yep. And then who would my anytime touchdown from Georgia be? Well, uh, the 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 uh, you're not going to get good odds, I'm sure, on McIntosh. I'm assuming if you look at McIntosh, yeah, I mean, he was he's, like he's probably terrible odds. Probably he's going to score. Okay, all right, maybe I there mean, it I, is. Yeah. Minus two ten. I I would be shocked if Kenny McIntosh does not score. It would almost be a situation where you would be like. 
Joe Mixon. There's three rushing touchdowns, and Joe yeah. Mixon doesn't have a one of them. Like right. that's how I feel about the Georgia game. Well, if I throw twenty bucks on what I just said out loud, the payout's ninety-two. You so. know, one line uh, on TCU's on on TCU side that I really do think is a pretty good bet, um, especially knowing Georgia's philosophy on defense, and maybe they'll change it up, and I'll be completely wrong. Is I do think the over for Duggan uh, Dugan is it Dugan or Duggan? I don't know. Max Duggan. Duggan. I do think the over for Duggan's rushing yards is like thirty-eight. You said out there. I don't remember, but that anyways, sounds, it was like it was in the thirty fair. yards. That sounds fair. I have a genuine question. Maybe the chat will know. Maybe you guys will know. It's the rush yards is twenty-eight and a half. Twenty-eight and a half. I like that a lot. If sacks don't count as rushing yards, they I don't. Count as, they count against your passing total. Okay, but if he, if he, if he if he gets sacked, we're good. They changed that a few years ago to where you we're get sure of for that. Minus ten yards, it counts against your passing yards. You, At least in the NFL. Can the chat they confirm do that, in that for college? Talking about stats, this is completely random. But after hearing the broadcast in the Bengals game yesterday, they said like the the Buffalo Bills game didn't count statistically. Like your stats in that game didn't count towards your season totals. Oh yeah. But the anytime touchdown for Tyler Boyd paid out. From Vegas. Well, they had already paid that out. I know. That's what's crazy, though, to me is that, like, it, like that, they can't go in and withdraw right. your money back in. Right. But I'm like, right. a, I was a beneficiary, a beneficiary of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because I bet TB on the on the anytime touchdown. But then you hear that it's not going to actually count in real life in the NFL. It's kind of crazy. Sean said that the college, they count against your rushing total. <laughs> I, oh, I thought, really? I thought they my, did. That's my concern, then. That makes this. That makes it so hard to gamble that's, on that. That's so. That's so dumb because the NFL changed it to where it doesn't like. Right. Because these these quarterbacks who don't run for a whole lot would like wind up. You look at their total, like 15 years ago, to be like Peyton Manning minus 36 rushing yards because he got sacked five times. Yeah. Like it's just that's dumb. Count it against your passing total and move on with it. College should do the same thing. That makes that prop incredibly hard to predict then because. Do I think he's going to run for over 30-some yards? I 100% do. Do I think there's a chance he runs for 70 yards, and the next thing you know he takes like five sacks or six sacks mm -hmm. that are bad? One's a really bad sack. I mean, could you not to bring up like bad thoughts of Bengals, but could you imagine having the over of, of uh, Burroughs rushing yards against the Buccaneers the, the one week, and the next thing you know you're like you're 20 yards over and he takes a 40-yard sack? Nick Kirby wants to know, thoughts on which alternate line is a better play, TCU plus 17.5 or Georgia minus 7.5? Georgia minus. If they're yeah, the same yeah, if you've been listening to us, if I think If they're the Georgia. same odds, if you can get the yeah. same odds on Georgia minus 7.5 or TCU plus 17. What? What's Kirby's yeah, whiteboard you, look like tonight? The same, I mean, Georgia's, Georgia's going to win. Well, I mean, well, if if Kirby, if you've been watching the show, we're all gonna be betting. At least we me, all Trace are. and Paul are all gonna take yeah. minus minus thirteen, yeah, minus twelve and a half. So why wouldn't we take seven and a half? We don't think it's gonna magically fall between thirteen and seventeen. I mean, it might, but are you already in? You no, I'm lo I, I, I locked in. Casey, Brandon, are you guys in? Yeah, I'm locked in on twelve. Yeah, I'm doing that. Twelve parlay. and a half. We're all on twelve and a half. Yeah, everybody here is on twelve and a half. Okay, yeah. just so I know that we can all be on the same page. We also need uh, McIntosh touchdown and uh, the over for me. I just listen. Here's my here's my last thing on this. I know I'm a fan. I try. You've heard me say this before, guys. I've put my fandom aside from time to time in this office. I told you that Ohio State was 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 not good. I'm telling you, think about it logically for just a second. 
Should this matter? Should transitive property matter? Could you do the whole, well, Michigan played this team, and that team played this team, and this team played that team, and look at the scores? Yeah, you can do that. But I would also say this. Let's use the very most recent thing we know. Right? The teams at the top of the SEC in bowl games have done what? What did Alabama do to Kansas State? Kansas State just beat this TCU team. Georgia's been in the national championship before. Georgia's been in an incredible amount of big games with a lot of veteran players. Stetson Bennett, in and of himself, has played in probably what I would call nine championship games. Eight, maybe eight championship games. I don't know. I'll have to do that math later. He's been, above, he's been a part of a team that has played in eight championship games, whether it's the SEC or the national championship. To think that this team in this situation is not incredibly more well-equipped to beat a team that went to double overtime with Oklahoma State, again, survived a fire drill field goal against Baylor. Baylor, I'll say it again. I'll say it three times. Baylor. The things that you hang the hat on about Georgia are, well, they beat Kentucky 16-6. to Missouri. They beat Missouri. Tigers. 29-20. to Okay. They, Georgia's never been in a situation where they had to rush the field goal unit on to kick a 45-yard field goal to beat Baylor. And I know that, that, that this is all relative semantics. But just ask yourself, from a football perspective, what does TCU have, X's and O's wise, schematics wise, that they're going to possibly beat Georgia and or keep this game close? Georgia has more five stars in the recruiting class that they just signed than TCU has had. I guarantee you, hopefully you can correct me if I'm wrong. I probably won't be. I'll double check it. I've never looked it up. But I'd be willing to bet that Georgia has more five stars on the last two classes that they've had than TCU's had in the history of their program. Ever. It just so happens that the teams that are at the top every year are the teams that also finish at the top of the recruiting rankings every year. It's not a secret. Clemson's at the top every year in the recruiting rankings. Clemson won national championships. Ohio State's at the top of the recruiting click. Ohio State won the national championship. Georgia's done it. Alabama's done it. But since TCU has made this run, we're going to sit around and act like 12 and a half isn't the steal of the century? It is a steal. And the only thing that you're going to sit here and tell me is, well, they're on a Cinderella run. Have you watched them play? Yeah, I did watch them play their last game. I seen them get two pick sixes. I seen Michigan fumble the football two times inside the five-yard line. I seen a Michigan team that was tied 17-17 to Illinois that honestly hasn't really been quote-unquote good. And the last time I watched Michigan play, they got beat 50-3 to against Georgia, whatever the hell the score was. And you're going to try to convince me that TCU has got a chance in this football game? I hope you guys crush me tomorrow if I am wrong. I hope you guys sit here and you make clips for the next 10 years. But I'm also going to come in here tomorrow with a smile from ear to ear when I took an incredible amount of money from Vegas. I'm not even taking it from Vegas. I'm taking it off the squares that are betting TCU. You're taking it from Fred. You're bankrupting Fred. Exactly. I've already used the four-letter word once this show. But I'd say it again if I wasn't going to irritate some people. Fred is, you know the word.
tonight. Because I'm taking Georgia minus 12 and a half, and that's all I got. Is there a wheel of lunch today? What are we doing? That's my last there thing on this. There is a wheel this. of lunch. Fire it up. Where do the people well, want us to go? What do we got? It's a Monday. Reed, what do you got? We got Charles. Jimmy Johns. Gabriel. No, Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jersey Mike's. We're going to put Penn Station on there just in case. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully, we finally uh, get something from Penn Station. I do think that game that like the first quarter will be fun. Like, I just I just feel like Max Duggan's gonna have to like have a couple touchdowns. I would also match. say this: watch the game for the first like maybe eight minutes, like you guys have said, and live bet it as fast as you can. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Absolutely, unless Georgia goes down and scores an early touchdown, then and it's then gonna be. If Georgia goes up like fourteen nothing out of the gate, just for fun, I'm gonna put five on like the live money line for for TCU. Well, it'll probably. That's not a terrible idea. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Given how much I will win if Georgia covers the or 12 and a half, that's not terrible. Right, yeah. throw five bucks and you'll probably get at least your money back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it will go back and forth early, though, and then eventually Georgia's just going just gonna to run away in mid-second quarter or second half. Yeah. I will – man, after this game, though, this week's going to feel so long getting to the playoff game. Oh, getting to the Bengals. Going to have to bet a lot of college basketball. I like college oh, we basketball. Oh, we got a good week of college basketball. Look, I don't need to get on my soapbox right now because we've been doing the national championship, but it's got a good good week of college basketball. Oh, college basketball is back. Baby. College basketball, Xavier number 12 today. Yeah, it'll be a fun week. Number 25. Top we need 25 more. Right? What do you need? More peop More places? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Is Panda open? Did no way they're open. Is Panda open? No, Put Wendy's on there open. for Paul. No. I'm vetoing. What about Taco uh, Bell? Yeah, throw Taco Bell on there. I could use Baja Blast today. Waffle House. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Do I'd it. go to Waffle House. Yes. All right. That's enough. Sir Boy said Uncle Woody's. I don't think they have food at Uncle Woody's. I've been there toasted many of times. I don't think I've ever got food there. They didn't have toast? <laughs> oh. What does that mean? Jordan. To <laughs> Wait, did we put Firehouse on there too? Yep. Okay. All right. Fire Spin it, up. it. Spin it. Good for Paul. All right. Good, good for Paul. Good for the brand. Good for, for me. For Paul. Not for the chatterbox. <laughs> Boom shakalaka. Drink your lunch. Uh, good. It's not even there. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically. That's a good that's start. That's no lunch. That's a good start. Yeah. Basically, no, no lunch. I, to the I, panda. I would love Jersey Mike's. Mm -hmm. Shit, you're being, what are you doing here? Oh! What are you doing here, Paul? <laughs> James <laughs> they don't exist, but that's tough. Just not Waffle House. I wouldn't mind Chipotle. Is Chipotle on there? Now it's God. not. <laughs> <laughs> God, we got a serious shot of going to Waffle House, and I'm know. thrilled about it. Oh, I don't want... You don't want Southern hibachi? Oh my god! What is going on? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Oh man! All right, let's go. There's food at the Oak Tavern. <laughs> there is food at the Oak Tavern. Nuclear code. I don't think I'm making it. Go! Go! Stay! Go! Stay! Go! Oh! I think Kim hitting the desk. You want a Taco Bell? I'm not a big firehouse kind of guy. I'm not sure. 
What? He's a I'm Penn not, Station guy. I'm not a firehouse guy. Man, what I'm happened? just who not. Hurt you? Who hurt you? No one hurt me. You don't, don't like, like firefighters? firefighters? Hey, listen, this is going to be fun. I hopefully, uh, as you know, I, I, um, this game tonight has a lot riding on it. Fed me to Casey Bart for the game. But more importantly, hopefully you guys are uh, doing a lot of clipping that you can save for tomorrow's show in case something goes horribly wrong. I take all this back if Stetson Bennett gets hurt in the uh, first drive of the game. But outside of that. Last thing before you go. What's up? How many units are you up on a college football season? College football was up like 27 units. I'm putting half of that on, uh, half of that on Georgia. Just so people know how well you did on college football. Yeah, college football did great. I'm, 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 I'm so ice cold right now. It's unbelievable. I, I've never really been this ice cold before. I thought about, I thought about getting superstitious and then being like, I'm not doing the Discord thing right now. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm gonna try to put my, my jinxes and things of that nature don't exist brain to the side because it doesn't make any rational sense. It doesn't. But. But that said, I still do think jinxes exist. Um, college football is a sport that we've all done well in here. As we, as as if you've been in this office, which you guys have, we've we've done well. Um, it's a shame college football is over, and now we got to figure out college basketball because I'm not figuring that out well at all. I'm just gonna ride the Discord, probably uh, general chat bets because those have been running. I did have to sweat out a game that uh, Nick Kirby suggested. Um, that hit oddly enough. I was watching a. Stetson Hatter versus North Alabama basketball game oh, yeah, on Saturday. It's yeah. classic. Went to overtime. Be honest with you, it looked like no no disrespect, but it did look like Lakota West versus Lakota East mm. at times in that game. But um that's gonna do it for this show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, who sponsors this show? Bet responsibly. Bet Fred Sportsbook. We are appreciative to them. If you're gonna gamble in this game, go bankrupt Fred. That's the guy. He's got plenty of money, so what is, what is the sports he will not have on? sore pockets, or what I would call it, empty pockets. If uh, if you if you take money from him, what's the, what's what's the tagline we're trying to create? They are the mm-hmm. sports book of Cincinnati. That's not officially from Bedfred, but it's officially from Chatterbox. Because if you look around, it's not hard to see who the leading sports book is in this town, and it is Bedfred. And I'm going to take a boatload of his money tonight. I look forward to it. Look forward to seeing you all again on Wednesday. Tom will be back in here tomorrow talking about whatever he's going to talk about from 10 to noon. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody.